and I'm Shay. Geek down on Disrupt Boston. <laughs> I'm waiting for the cue. I'm waiting for the cue because usually you got the music coming in and I feel like partying on the side of me. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm going to stop doing that. It's a little too Spike Lee. I'll explain what that means in a minute. But ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of The Geek Down. I am Pat B. On the side of me is a face we haven't seen in a long, long time. Where have you been hiding, you recluse? I have been hiding nowhere. You just don't call me. I call you all the time. How, how dare you? Okay, we have a whole Facebook group just for just, just for emergencies as just such. It's like I'm over here like Prince. Like, why don't you call me? Nah, I'm pulling you off anymore? the bench like a six-man. Just, you know, come on, get in the game. Got things to do. Things to do, good things to review, awesome things to bring to you. You see what I did there? Oh, well, I'm happy to be your sixth man today. I appreciate, what? What are you (laughs) saying all disdainful? This is the Geek Down here on Disrupt Boston. If you're unfamiliar with the show, this is an entertainment news show program. I'm living like 1956. Excuse me, can I borrow some sugar? I Put the like, gun down. I think the I, Sam Cooke one got you. You're thinking about people going over each other's houses and going to watch that one TV. Like, yeah. that's that's where you are right now, and that's the not... neighborhood. You know, we say that, though, but we did live in an age where, yeah, everyone had their own home system and such, but everyone had rabbit ears, and you all find a way to make friends with the one fool in the neighborhood who had that big-ass... Uh, satellite dish in their yard? Or, or people like me who had both A and B sides of cable. A word? <laughs> Damn, look at you, high roller. Okay. Well, we'll get to that in just a little bit. Also, we have the two the two killings of Sam Cooke. This is um, part of Netflix's remastered series where they look at different historical figures and re- uh, artistic figures and give a breakdown of, uh, of their importance, their life, different tidbits you may not have known, and look at it from a different approach. So everyone knows Sam Cooke as a musician. This looked at him as an activist. You know, this looked at him as, you know, a, uh, not a protege, but a, um, a friend and uh, someone who uh, was deeply involved in the, uh, the machinations, if you will, of Malcolm X. This was news to me. It, you know what? It was news to me, too, but it doesn't surprise me Where? because I have seen, like, photos of people like Sam Cooke and, like, especially um, Muhammad Ali's com- um, company back in the day. And, it, and a lot of those people moved in the same circles, like Malcolm X and Muhammad Ali had a close relationship. And so, like, other black um, entertainers who wanted to be, you know, mobile in the civil rights movement, those were people that you only um, talked to, you know? Well, it's like, the way that they approached that was, yeah, we're serious activists and we're about real things and we're bringing you knowledge about how you're being oppressed and it gets all, it always gets extra dark. But this, well, when cats like Sam Cooke, when cats like Jim Brown, when cats like Muhammad Ali get involved in it, it comes with an air of like, it's, 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 it's processable, you know, I, I, this is medicine I can take, yeah. you know, because it comes with that, with that, with that, um, that spoonful of sugar of the personality behind it, you know, and that's one of the things that uh, always kind of turn me off with, uh, like, serious political fare. It's like, yeah, I want to know all this stuff. This is important business, but it's also boring, or it's there's uh, no, just there's depressing. No, there's no flavor to the message, is what you're saying? Yeah, you got to sell but the system just a little bit. And but the music I think that's the difference between people who are, like, motivators, people who are movers. Um, the people who inspired folks to, much like Sam Cooke himself said, like, stand up and be counted. Like, 
people who are real, who are at heart really leaders. And to be fair, community-wise, we haven't had any of those in a long time. And I mean, like, in not just like the black community, but just anywhere. It's been a long time since we've had like a real, like, hardcore leader that made everyone believe. You know? Excuse me. Are you forgetting my boy Takashi Six Nine? I bring him back. <laughs> <laughs> can't even get it out. Can't even, can't even get it out. Sentence. <laughs> uh, no, I was gonna say someone real like Kendrick Lamar or something, but that was just I mean, too good. That would have stopped the laughter at least. Yeah, yeah. Nah, we have seen a few of those though. I think it just takes new form from what we've expected over the we've come to expect over the years. Like back in our day, if it was gonna be a rap, it'd be someone like Harris One. You know, someone who every mm. song is a message I, you need to under education's important, community's important, your people's important. And, 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 and at least somewhat good and coherent. Yeah. Every time. Okay, well, okay, I'm not, you know, designers suck it. Anyways, um, we know he like, sucks, that's okay. Yeah, but it's just like, no, and, and that's the thing, it's just like, uh, it comes in different forms, and it's always come in different forms, as the two killings of Sam Cook uh, displays in a really interesting manner. I, uh, we'll get into that and also just a little bit. But finally, we also have, I'm, I'm a fan of Wayne Durock Johnson. Well, yeah. I know you're a fan of Dwayne The Rock Johnson. How do you not like Dwayne The Rock Johnson? Like, he's legit one of the most likable people in Hollywood. Like, I'm hoping in that he doesn't have a basement full of, like, torsos. I know, right? Because it, it's always something. You know, and it's like, it's like years later we'll find out. I feel like the worst, the worst we'll find out about Dwayne The Rock Johnson is that he tried to take a puppy to the vet that wasn't his, you know? <laughs> because he saw I had a limp. Yeah, yeah so, something like that, you know, without the owner's permission. Right. You know, it's just like, you know, oh, come on, I can't, I can't, be, can't be doing a scoff law. This, this, you know, hardened criminal, this. Right, like, um, I'm hoping, let me not, let me not, let me not speak too out of turn. They I thought OJ thinking, was a nice guy, too. Like, I love thinking back that when he first appeared yeah. in wrestling, he was a uh, bad guy. <laughs> He yeah. used to be a bad guy. Well, he was a good guy, then he was a bad guy, but here's, the, here's what's messed up. When they made him a bad guy, he started, he, out, he started hanging out. No, well, he started hanging out with the blacks. That's how they made him a bad guy. And I'm like, are you serious? Oh, that is kind of racist. Yeah, yo, wait, you didn't, you didn't, wait <laughs> did I just drop some stuff on you? You didn't, you didn't know that? You didn't follow that? Oh, they had. But they now had, when I think about it, I was like, oh, during that time frame, all the, black, all the, all the bad guys were black and or Mexican. Yeah. Yeah, they had the NWO, <laughs> and they had the uh, the elite, the um, the uh, Nation of Domination. They had uh, the Nation of Domination were these cats who were, came in kind of like the um, the Nation of Islam, and yeah, they were, they were terrorizing like, Booker all. Booker T was part of. No, 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 this was oh. before then. Oh, okay. So this was before then. Um, so you but, see but, how far but, back it goes for me. Yeah, but this was cats from like WCW that started. They came to WWF and it was set up as, well, you know, these angry black folks that we got an influx of, they got to take over. Uh, yeah. And they really played to that middle America. Yeah, this has nothing to do with the movie and nothing to do with Wayne Johnson. I'm just... This it is, all comes back to it, doesn't it? It, it kind of does. Yo, you know what? No, he's come a long way since then. This was a good 20 plus years back. This was when he had that weird ass hairline. And we all clowned him. Now, as a bald man, he looks good. And I'm going to say that out loud because I'm, I'm pretty sure if he walks in that door right now, he's going to like flick me in the back of the head. And my head's going to fly clean off. And this is going to be the last geek down ever. Like, you know, I love that. Like, we are friends, my friend. Okay? You, you he kind of, like, he, so part of me feels like he kind of flew by on folks mostly because he was racially ambiguous. Like, no one <laughs> knew what he was. They are like, he could or he couldn't. Yeah. No, no, or no. if you tilt your head this way. Yeah, you, no, 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 you, you gotta squint. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta squint a little. You gotta make sure you get. Try to figure out. Yeah, it's like, it's like solving a magic eye. Painting. I used to know a kid who swore up and down that he was just a really dark Italian, and I was like, he could have been. He could be. I, I, I can see it. But I, I was still like, but at the same time, I'm like, dude, I feel like maybe you're projecting now. Oh, you want him to be. What do you want him to Yeah. Okay, you got him. Um, no, no, actually, for, for a long time, I thought I thought he was slick. And it, it, it kind of was, it kind of wasn't. I thought he was slick, and he was a really pan-Asian dude who managed to make, like, the rest work. It's just like, you know what? Yeah, I see it. I see it because, you know what? I hold my, hold my thumb up to the, the screen, and yeah, I can kind of, you know, and uh, no, he's Samoan. Actually, well, I see a, 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 a bunch of stuff, apparently. 
Uh, well, okay, yeah, the mix there. The, pr the primary was Samoan, and he's part of the same uh, wrestling family that Roman Reigns come from, yeah, that like Yokozuna came from, that J Superfly Jimmy Snooker came yeah, from. I Mind you right like there, part... that is supposedly four different ethnicities I know. in like... the same family because they're all one that's just that ambiguous. Yes. Play it out. Like... Play it well. Love you all. Don't sit on me. You know what sold it for me is when he appeared on the cover of Essence magazine. I was like, oh, so he's black. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't read black. He had uh, you know, he, he ain't coming to the meetings. He just he, he just gets a newsletter every now and then. He wink wings about this all the time. It's cool. It's cool. Uh, yeah, see, some back there about agrees with you. Exactly. All right, so let's jump right into this good fare we have. I feel like the intro is going a little long. And let's go, dude, let's go. I want to talk about this documentary series so okay, I say series because I really wanted to go beyond the one but as of right now it's just one documentary it's horror noir and it's only available on Shudder and I think that's a major injustice because I'm, I want to give Shudder yeah. all you know you know what to do but this was dope like you want to yeah, share this I with the world like I probably would have watched it the moment I saw the trailer if it was available on any other platform because like I mean like most people I have like Netflix and Hulu and whatnot directly on my phone mm -hmm. and on my laptop and on my PlayStation it, it, so it's, it's multi, yeah it's multi-platform so I could have I could have just boom hit a button been there I'm like I'm like, heck, um, dude from, he used to be on The Daily Show. He has that John Stewart? No. Um, Craig Kilborn. No, no, no. He recently left. He has that new show on Netflix. Um, Let me check. New. Yo, how many people left the Netflix? I left on The Daily Show. No, no. That's fine. Oh, what's his last name? Chapman. No. Um, Minaj? All right, well, uh, okay. Um, Minaj Atois. Yeah, yeah. yeah he yeah. Got, got a new show. Yeah. Yeah, like that simultaneously plays on Netflix but it also posts on YouTube mm. when new episodes come out. And I was like, ha! Huh, that, see, YouTube is almost always open so I'm like, oh, I can just watch it here. Yeah, you know, a lot of folks And a lot of times check, more look, look episodes my, I've look watched. Look my second show, Geek Down After Dark on YouTube Red. Yeah, I've watched more after. episodes there than I have on Netflix and it's just funny and I'm just, A lot of YouTube Red to you? Huh. <laughs> just regular YouTube, because I'm, 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 I'm too cheap to pay for it. Um, but yeah, I'm like, man, I wish it was, but I get it, Shutter's still a small channel, so it's it's not going to be on so many other platforms, but I wish it was. I hope it grows yeah. and it, it'll be on other platforms, because man, I really wish that had been readily available to me when I wanted to watch it. Yeah, you know, I'm going to do, I'm, I'm, I'm hurt too. I'm, 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 I'm about to crush you right now, because it was dope. It was worth every cent spent. Go home it was worth it. the effort to find, to track down everything. And I looked at all the other things that Shutter has available right now, and this might be that one, like you know, golden nugget in the in the in the, in the, in the mountain of crap. Oh yeah. I want to say crap. They have some decent horror flicks, but it's like yeah. none of it is the original horror content. Horror movies are funny that way. Like horror movies are either very good mm -hmm. or they're very bad. Yes. There's very little in the middle. Yeah, that's how they get you though. It's like they're good mm -hmm. or they're bad. <laughs> Comically bad, I can deal. I like funny, funny bad horror movies. Mm -hmm. Like I, I, I watched like B and C level horror movies, like that used to play like on like Saturday morning, well like Saturday afternoon TV, and on Sunday afternoons back in the day, like after the cartoons went off, <laughs> or I would stay up and catch those like. Well, yeah, it, well, you you like you lucked out. It was, it was that, and it was stuff that like that. Golf. Yeah. And, and not a paranormal eight like, year old. Like I, I still to say love this movie and it's a legit about um a bunch of people going to buy property on this island and apparently they did nuclear testing there and all the ants have grown to enormous size. Ah, uh, them. No, yes. it's not, Wait, them. not them. It is not them. Hey, there is another ant atomic ant movie. Okay, well, what was it called then? Don't even suspense. I'm trying to remember. Oh crap! It yeah, might I'm just be called Ant. <laughs> like it's a seriously old B movie. This had to have come out in like mm, I feel 70s like, at the earliest. I feel like I've seen this because I was passing around clips of a movie that I thought was them. It's not years ago. And I think I made and, the same mistake when I watched it. And I was like, is this them? And I was like, no, this isn't as old as them. Okay, it's the one with like the the ants flailing around the army dudes and such, right? No, there aren't army dudes. It gets no, to a I mean, point where there gets to a point close to the end where essentially the all they have to keep ward the ants off is fire and like they have this one fire going and they have to keep the fire going to keep the ants away. 
Okay, the one I'm thinking of basically. If the fire goes off out, they'll all die. Because the ants will eat them. Of course, yeah, because, you know, I mean, that's, 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 that's how it's like. Ants will spoil your But it's a terrible movie, objectively. It's a bad movie, but I, I, it's hilarious. Yeah, no, you find a lot of those, and that's where horror tends to, tends to like, fall in. And that's one of the things we, like, tend to... That's one of the things that tends to, um... I want to say temper. I feel like that's, that's, that's wrong. It waters down the effect for us. So we don't notice a lot of the horrible things that come through in horror, but we also don't notice a lot of the other subtext in there. Mm -hmm. One of the running tropes uh, in horror movies has been a lack of effective black folks used in any storylines, except for maybe a plot device or like the quirky friend. They're going to teach well, you how to dance. They're going to sacrifice they're, themselves they're for you. They're really that need to represent so that when the monster kills them, you know, oh, I guess this is serious business. Well, I mean, you know? there are two really good reasons why there aren't black people like in any real substantial role in horror movies. Reagan and Trump? No. Well first it was the Hayes Code. The Hayes Code really didn't allow for black people to do anything in movies really other than being servants and slaves. Like that was just what the Hayes Code did. That Hollywood decided to censor itself and so it did so in a way that kind of screwed everybody that was not white. But, but, and then past that, horror movies, and considering it's like, okay, like you have the Hollywood complex at that point is all, is overwhelmingly white, and there's nothing else. Oh, no, there is, but anybody else is so small that it bears, they're barely a blip on the screen. Because there have been black made movies since like the 1920s. There have been, um, but have there been good representatives? No, no, not at all. And again, yeah. the Hayes Code. The Hayes Code helped enforce that because they did not allow for um, interracial um, relationships. See, and what was that about, man? People love us. They want um, to sit down. Hayes, it swirl. was considered immoral at the time. The Hayes Code came out in the 1940s. That's like J. Edgar Hoover. I mean, if you can't swing it. We, we, know, we now know there were other I love that he was paranoid, xenophobe, but he also liked to wear women's underwear in his spare time. <laughs> it just, it just, I mean, come on, man. You got to be true to you. You got to be true to you by letting us be true so, to us. So then the other thing, horror mm -hmm. movies tend to be outlets for white fear. Like, in general, since Hollywood was overwhelmingly white, the only people whose stories were being told were white people. So, yeah, it brought up their fears of time. It's like the alien invasion movies, like, um, in the 50s and things. Like, those were, like, early, like, war fears um also with all the what you call it creature features were all about like nuclear war fears like stuff like that that's no i i get i get what you're saying the thing about it, it, is, it is the thing that kept it, it, it's, it's always the things that keep middle america awake at night yeah but for a long time that was a people that was us that was the folks that y'all ancestors brought here to do work against their will, and then just, I guess, out of sheer human decency, uh, when y'all decided, okay, well, maybe we shouldn't treat people like cattle and like workhorses and like all types of stuff. I mean, well, I guess we gotta live with them, but I don't want them around my daughter, I or my people, I or mean, my farm, or my blanket. Legit, and the I, state of Utah had a law against us living there. <laughs> Man, the whole concept of the free of the uh, the, the free fifth compromise alone is just a, a testament to how, uh, how 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 ridiculous people can how, how the lengths people can go to justify their own ridiculousness. Well, I mean, it's like what um, James Baldwin said: it's not uh, it's not up to black people to quantify our existence. It's more that white people need to figure out why they needed you know the N word in the first place. Well, let's, before we get before we get a little too a little, a little too deep in there, um, the premise of um, uh, excuse me, the premise of horror noir is all of this. The premise is a look at horror in film and how black folks, not just black folks, uh, people of color in general, but folk, but more specifically black folks, because this had black actors and black directors 
uh, to actually talk about uh, that representation and that history. Uh, how that's played out over the years throughout the, the entire history of film. The first, the first few minutes talks about Birth of a Nation, which is one of the, is one of the it's the ultimate film. That was you nominated for up. an Oscar. Yeah, you know what's messed up? I still have conversations, Kurt. I still have arguments. Didn't it win? With Black Adam, yeah, don't, don't, come on. <laughs> I still have arguments with Black Adam Willis, uh, co-host on this show, <laughs> um, about how BS it was that I had to study that in film school. And he's like, well, you know, it, it holds a, you know, a herald in place. And a, hold a, no, a no, place I understand why you and the whole thing study is... that in film school. Like, it totally makes sense. But it I'm... was, it was a huge movie in its time, and it That's really did point, set a certain though. precedent in Hollywood for point. how a movie would be made. I know the innovation that was done during that production. But, I know that the, you know, the things that. Okay, it's the same justification that no one will, no, no one will bring up. It's the same justification for how um, the science that was, uh, that was the, the science. The scientific knowledge that was gained from Nazi experiments on prisoners well, in concentration yeah. camps uh, is a benefit. You will find. Well, I mean, U.S. benefited from that. it greatly. I'm not saying they didn't. I'm just saying acknowledge that it's screwed up. No, no, it. there are people that up. won't. It's the same well, thing. That's the thing. That's the conversation. And no one's teaching always... me how to inject but blue dye into an eyeball of somebody. But that's the. But sorry. that's the thing. Like that's the hard conversation that always needs to be had. Yeah, there are things that we enjoy and things that um, we have benefited from over the years that come from essentially bad people. Look at freaking cereal. If you look up Kellogg's, you will find out terrible I don't, I don't, I don't, don't want to do that because I, I know the history of cornflakes itself no, no, no. and find graham out. crackers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't need to delve any yeah. deeper. Any look into deeper. Mr. I'm Kellogg right. a little bit and no, you'll be I'm, all I'm, right. I'm good, all right? He yeah, exactly. Died. Like, like, you were... It might affect how you enjoy your cornflakes, is all I'm saying. <laughs> but right. it's perspective that's important, that you need to understand why this is jacked up and why this had to happen, why we benefit from it, and not to forget that. But it's kind of hard to stop a wheel that's already spinning, you know? No, like, absolutely like right. things that we benefit, like, Nobody's gonna check out their microwaves tomorrow if you found out that, you know, terrible experiments led to the creation of the microwave. You are reveling in just this random, horrible knowledge that you are able to share, like, rampantly, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah. Look, look, we can't get people, we can't get people to stop listening to R. Kelly music. Like, so you, you want people to be, like, socially conscious about everything that they consume, it's gonna be really difficult. Alright, no, I, I, feel, I feel you. We've gotten a little off the point of this. What I'm getting at is, uh, this documentary covers all that and then some. It's like, notice how we just had, like, a five-minute conversation because yeah. we, the tangent itself just got so heated. Yeah. You know, and the whole noir uh, has this on, on like film, and they're giving you history, and they're torn out what was good and what was bad, and the influences that brought this to us and then suppressed us. The president of the United States went on record as saying, "Things like Birth of a Nation are some of the best representation of the Negroes today, and the problem is becoming an epidemic." I'm like, "Are you serious? Yeah. An epidemic of people?" And 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 as the films would go on, it wasn't just like people in blackface. Because they also address, they address, and I love the fact that they said this, even though it was horrible and sucked, um, no one ever does, the fact that there were black people in these movies was a double-edged sword, because yes, it was horrible, but this was also the only way for a lot of black folks to get work, black yeah. actors, and this was, as horrible as it was, as horrible, you know, as a thing to exist, their avenue into uh, successful professional careers, you know, and... The, because they were able to do that, we would eventually get folks like Oscar Bichot, you know, the first uh, like prominent black filmmaker who made movies that weren't all about, well, you know, the Negroes, they, they it was like, you know, no, actually showing them in positive roles. You know, funny thing, I always um, feel like people always forget, like, I know people always go, like, the black person always dies first, but you know what? One of the very first, like, zombie movies, right? The very I know first what you're saying, one. I know what you're about to say. The black guy doesn't. Matter of fact, he does last, and he doesn't even get killed by the zombies. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Was can, can, really... can you guess? Can you guess who did kill him, folks? Yeah. Yeah. There was, there was a little bit of a rose hue on their necks. That a weird, like. Can I just say that that scene has a real weird semblance yes. um, with like today in general? Yes, you can lay it out there. We're talking, of course, about Dawn of the Dead. 
yeah, John, like, the hero of Dawn of the Dead is a black man. Because it's funny, because he's the only one prepared for when the zombies come. But then again, when you see his neighbors, you understand why. Um, <laughs> it's like, I just want to let him in for a second. Like, yeah, exactly. Because he already I'm had to live zombies, his life. You know I, need to, I need to check to see if it's still daylight outside. Yeah, he, he lived his life in paranoia anyway, being like one of the few black people in the community. And it's defense. not, and it's not the zombies that get him. And sorry for spoiler alert for over a forty-year-old movie. Um, nineteen sixty-eight. Okay, if they have a by now, that is not your fault. <laughs> um, is that he gets killed by some random white hillbillies? Um, what you call it? After a pretty much the epidemic is over. Yeah, the day the zombies are gone. As soon as he tries to leave his house, once the sun comes up, he gets shot. Right? He's still here. Alright, uh, uh, well, one thing I also want to point out is this, um, the, you know, they, they, they go out of their way to talk about every, well, not every, you can't talk about everything, but they talk about uh, so much that I wasn't ready, I wasn't ready to hear, and I'm not like, oh, I don't agree with that, I'm talking about stuff that, um, I was, I've been hard-pressed to find people who will take seriously enough to have a discussion, things like black exploitation, things like Blackula, and I've always thought Blackula was kind of a corny, uh, movie and things. I always thought Black was corny, but then again, because I was always into other genres, so it's like, yo, I've I seen grew, this done crazy. I, and then... I grew up watching black exploitation movies What's because my I mean, mom, my mom, like the like, kung fu action. Like my mom loves B movies. Like I, I can't even articulate. Like I grew up watching like you know Hong Kong kaiju, well, what you call Hong Kong and Japan kaiju movies and kung fu movies and what you call it, lots of genre movies with my mom. Like she loves sci-fi. Um, another area where we are very underrepresented. <laughs> yes, indeed. I even spoke on a panel um, about this very thing two weeks ago like, at the Boston Sci-Fi Film Festival. Like, yeah. she was a huge Trekkie. Check it out, y'all. Like, she's, she's a big Trekkie nerd. Mm -hmm. um, like, these are the kind of things I watched as a child. Like, yeah, they talk about that. They talk about the comparison between the black folks in the, uh, the black folks in uh, non-black horror movies and the redshirt phenomena. You know, it's just like, okay, how does that play out? Well, you see a lot of similarities because you can't kill Kirk. You know, yeah. you, you can't kill the hero in the, uh, in the in the leather jacket and the shotgun there. So who do you kill? You kill his comic black foil, who's the one who's going to look through a door at the wrong time, you know? Or he's going to be which, the one who's going to crack a couple jokes so you like him, so that he's going to fall down life, and, and get attacked. So it's like, oh, we know I, the threat is started. I always it's thought like it was hilarious because like in real life, that would never be the case. No, we would not have one lone black person with a group of white folks. And they say, tell the black person, look around the corner. Black folks will look at them like, mm, yeah, the you look is, around the corner. The is too valuable. <laughs> Or something, you know, at some point. Like, I'm gonna stay right here <laughs> because they didn't get me first. Uh, but they had everyone like, uh, they had um, the dude who directed Black Hill. They had Rusty Kung um, I would definitely love to hear from um, Black oh, Blackula was set up as, yo, that cat was, he was Shakespearean, he was knowledgeable, the whole thing is we consider vampires as some of the bloodthirsty in there, feral, and they just want to grab the nearest thing and suck all the blood out, and this was, this, this dude was educated, he had stories, he had history, and he I, used all that, I never and realized Blackula was supposed to be an African prince, I was like, oh yeah. snap, check it out, mm -hmm. and that was a scream, Blackula scream that broke, that really went into the lore of that, and I'm just like, damn, there's lore? You know, there was a lot of other things that were uh, planned that never quite panned out because there's a limited amount of resources in those types of movies, well, yeah. which is a bummer, but they um, break all this down in horror noir, and I like that they took the different eras into account, so the same kind of movie you can do that was like proud, fair, in the 80s, in the 70s, wasn't the same kind of, kind of movie you would see in the 80s, and also something you couldn't really do, but when you try to do them, you get corny figures like, yo, I'm gonna I'm I'm beat these zombies with breakdancing. You know, uh, oh, some, I, some random stuff. You know, yeah. It's it's just like it's just like you see the comparison of the evolution with the decline as well. The evolution of uh, the quality of movies that we got, the quality of writing that we got, the quality of roles that were present, and the uh, quantity of roles for black actors with yeah. the decline of how they were represented. Um, oddly enough, the most of the ones you found in were in like the early you know 1900s. Um, had uh, black folks featured everywhere. 
because they were like the main focus. Yes, they were horrible villains and things, but they had like the most black actors versus mm. by the time you reach the uh, late 70s, the 80s, and the early 90s, it's like all these movies have like, the, you know, the, the one or two black actors in this whole cast. And yeah, they're treated with a little more respect, but those numbers have dwindled and there's less yeah. roles for actors, less roles for directors, producers of color. Yeah. And it's just like, well, because it comes in waves, because um, it comes in waves, because mm -hmm. there'll be a, a point where you see a lot of res representation and then everybody gets like all comfortable and they're like, okay, we're post-racial now, let's move on. Yeah. And then it declines, because that's the thing about representation, if you don't consistently fight for it, it will go away. Oh, uh, well, it doesn't always go away on its own. One of the things that also they brought up, which was ballsy, because we know this, y'all know this, but no one really says this, or at least no one said it back then, is one of the main reasons that black folk uh, today in America are in such a bad position is because of the policies put in place by Ronald Reagan. Oh, yeah. And they, like, they, they go in hard on this and say, right. okay, so we were starting to make headway, and then this man, <laughs> publicly painting black folks as a figure, laid a lot of ground, just made headway for a lot of old stereotypes to come back into play, for a lot of old fears to become prominent in society again, and it kind of mirrors the government that's running the country yeah, now. As much, as much as I have to hear every freaking year when that man's birthday comes around, um, how he was like the best president ever from every Republican I've ever met, mm -hmm. and I and I always go, but even his vice president said that his economics plan was terrible. Yeah, like, I think movies weren't even good. Like. No, he wasn't that good of an actor. No, he wasn't that good of an actor. That, that's why he... Saying, Uwe Boll wasn't that good And of you know what? And it was his wife that was the driving force to get him into politics. Mm. If had it been had it been a different time, Nancy would have went into politics, not him. Mm. Like, she was the driving force. She was the one with all the personality that pushed him in the front. Like, it was her. So she was the one that was really hating on black folks, and he was just there with his homeboys, like, you know, man, I got to be later says, you know. I, people can say what they want. I, 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 like I, too, because I, I'm white and Ronald Reagan. Honestly, Ronald Reagan I person, really believe that he already had um, early onset Alzheimer's before he left the White House. Like, uh, so, so when he was talking about mommy, he was really talking about Nancy? Possibly. Uh, <laughs> mommy said, hate the blacks. What about the Jews? Hate them, too. Like, so mm, his mind kind of went pretty early, so it... Mm. Yeah, no, Nancy was a driving force, and the Republican Party is ultra-conservative, and it became even more so after the Civil Rights Movement, because remember, the Republican Party was mostly working class up until that point. Mm -hmm. Very true, and a lot of that's reflected in horror noir. Dude, yeah. they covered all types of points, and one of the things that we kind of over kind of glossed over, we're starting to run long, mm -hmm. so let me just like break it down real quick. Go they have go. the people that were there talking about this stuff, not just folks that have been studying forever, not just people on, you know, uh, radio shows and podcasts that are talking about them with opinions, like but people that were, yeah, yeah, but folks that were there, you know, they have commentary and they have discussion with Tony Todd, they have discussion with Keith David, they uh, have yeah. discussion, yeah, uh, Rachel True in the sucker, um, Paige, uh, excuse me, Paula Jai Parker, um, they didn't get David Allen Greer, and I forget, and people forget that he played a serious role in Tales from the Hood, it's known funny. for being a comic. Um, Rachel True, like, I, like that is the only like really good like female empowered like horror movies that I like. You think? Because um, they mentioned one I actually hadn't seen. Um, it's more recent. Uh, I was in. Damn it, oh, I'll break it down for you. I was so hell. I was surprised there was a black girl at all in the craft. To be honest. Was it gonna be? I know was she wasn't. Be. And this what always good. bothers me as far as Hollywood script writing. Like, the crafter has to be written black, and it's like, why? Why can't you just? Cast the actor that fits the role best. Like Saved by the Bell, Lisa Turtle was supposed to be Jewish, but what you call it, Lark Voorhees came in, they were like, we really like her, and they gave it to her. Like, this is what, why doesn't that happen more often, is all I'm saying. No, that is what's up. And I love that concept. The whole thing is that, that that's how we've gotten a lot of our black heroes kind of by accident. Yes. You Heck, know? female heroes too. Like, um, Aliens, Ripley was not written as a woman. She, Matter of fact, uh, that's that. why all the characters are referred to by their last names because they only wrote their last names down. They gave them no first names because they didn't want to have any bias on how they were casting them. Mm -hmm. One of my favorites, uh, Candyman, wasn't a story about racism, wasn't a story about, you know, this horrible thing that happens to this uh, young black kid who just caught up, got caught in a bad situation. Actually, it was about classism, not racism. Written by a British dude. 
because yeah. classism is way more prevalent than racism. Racism ha- piggybacks on classism. Like, think thing to that is um, Tony Todd, who was just the presence. I mean, oh my God, he's so, like, such authority. That man. And he's got that base that he lets you know. He, he can he be deeply up. frightening when he wants to be. Yeah. Oh, I and, love it. I love it so much. And like, that movie scared the hell out of me. It one, still does to this ooh, day. He's I can't one of those it. villains who can whisper in your ear. Like. I, I, I don't know. You think, you don't think, you don't think Pennywise could do that? No. <laughs> I, nobody wants to do. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> no. no but so I mean, that, like, little things creep me out. Like, that's that's but I mean, about. like, he's one of those villains that can talk quietly and you're still just as terrified as you would have been if he came out and yelled boo, you know? Oh, yeah, like, but I mean, that's not, that's not, I mean, you, that's just natural talent. We got the voice. Well, yeah. Excuse me, you dropped your keys. <laughs> can you tell me where the bus stop is? I don't know. Don't kill me. <laughs> I see a little silhouette over there. It's got a moosh, it's got a moosh. Will you do the fun I'll give you a mango if you go away. Go, oh, wait. Okay, all, right. <laughs> all right, well, it's called Horror Noir. It's on Shudder and only on Shudder, which is kind of kind of disappointing because, dude, they had all these folks from movies I love and have forgotten about over the years. So, Miguel Nunez. So what we're telling you is to go, 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 go get a Shudder membership right now and watch all the terrible horror movies that you love. Yeah, shut up if you're listening up and looking for a sponsorship. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> See, we plugged you. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Dude, horror noir. No, you're watching this. We're watching this after. Yeah, checking it out. But yeah, now no, so. let's talk about, now still on the documentary tip because this whole show is about bios, yo, bio. We're dropping so much knowledge on you. And next up, dude, The Two Killings of Sam Cooke is Netflix's look at uh, not just Sam Cooke, the musician, but Sam Cooke, the activist. And this is something I wasn't ready for. Because I was thinking it was going to be like one of those, you know, uh, the, the deep mystery, um, like an A.J. Benza, uh, uh, um, uh, uh, damn it, uh, Hollywood, uh, mysteries and scandals type thing. Mm. You know, you didn't know this about Sam Cooke, but he also, um, you know, played poker music or, you know, like any, but, any random thing. Oh, but, man, legit do love Sam Cooke's music. Well, so. break it down for us, man. Like, tell, us about, tell us about Sam Cooke. Well, I grew up, I grew up listening to him because, like, my mom, like, my mom had an extensive record collection growing up, so she had lots of Motown and on, like, oh, Stevie Wonder, Jackson 5, Smokey Robinson, Shaka Khan. Shaka Khan? Yeah, and Rufus. <laughs> <laughs> like, Sam Cooke was definitely one of um, people that I grew up listening to. And, like, so I'm watching the documentary and just, like, the... The music just like taking me back all of a sudden. I'm a child again. You and just I'm, like, sitting, sound I'm sitting in the kitchen. My mom's making on the chain. <laughs> My mom's making yeah. dinner. I'm like, yay! Like it takes. It, it's just the kind of music that takes you back. No, it definitely is. I feel you. But then again, you can't help it. It's old. Now, one of the things that this also emphasized is yes, he was a popular musician. I didn't yeah. know his origins. I didn't know where he went in life. All I knew was those records. Because who in this day is just thinking of Sam Cooke? But this cat was poignant. Yeah. Well, see, he grew up with so many other, like, big, like, legends. Like, he touched fingertips to so many people. Yeah, Jackie and Wilson. Um, Aretha Franklin. Uh, Aretha Franklin. You mentioned right there Smokey Robinson mm-hmm. was, one of the, was one of the main voices in this documentary talking about... And can Smokey stop... Can he... St- can he start aging again? Because he seems to have stopped. Nah, we can't can't do that. Because I mean, I'm, I'm a little too hurt after losing like Mr. Rogers and Stan and, uh, and Stan Lee and stuff. And I, want Aretha. Somebody, I want somebody to laugh. Oh. I need someone who's gonna last a while. It's like Smokey Robinson's like. Oh uh, my what, god. What he? He's, he's like 85, How pushing 26. Ter- like I felt so shot through the heart when Smokey Robinson was talking. He mentions Aretha Franklin and saying that she's one of his oldest friends still living. And oh, I go. Oh. Yes. And I'm like, my it's heart. Right here. I'm just. My heart. Oh, when did they shoot this? Y'all, where's y'all editor? Y'all, y'all, y'all editor's fired. Why is every documentary I watch talk about somebody and then there's at least one person who's passed away right before the documentary came out? Maybe that's how it's done, man. I Yo, just, I can't. I, 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 I went to, I went to see the uh, the Parliament Funkadelica documentary and like two of them had, had died between the filming and the live, um, the live uh, uh, appearance that they made for the documentary. So it's like, I was there ready to meet some members of parliament and they passed away before mm. they had the show. I bought my ticket, they were alive. I went to the show, they were gone. Yeah, like, um, wasn't there like recently a um, documentary about Earth, Wind and Fire? 
Yeah, because um, uh, what's his name uh, passed away. Yeah, the lead singer. Okay, let's not talk about folks I that know. died. Let's talk about Sam Cooke who died. I know, right? Yeah. Okay, but no, no, you know, you, you're right. Those are a lot of good points. And at the time, he was prominent. There was also so many other figures but that yeah, he was I like, he was I the person who was ahead of them, them though. So yeah, it makes you that wonder. Was, that was one thing I didn't know. What would have happened? Because not only was he a great singer, but he was a beautiful songwriter as yeah. well. Like so many other people have been singing his songs. Yeah, but brother, brother weren't getting credit for like you know being the actual producers of their he music, did. writing the music, writing the lyrics, actually putting it all together, but he did. being a business-minded person behind it all. He did. You're right. And he was one of and the early few who did. And because I get it, you give you give a you give a person nothing, and so they're happy when they when you hand them a piece of bread. So it takes a lot for a person to say no. Hey, I want a whole. Right. I I want the whole hey, damn sandwich. You know, like. I'm sorry. That's, 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 I that's a beautiful I metaphor. And I stepped like... on it. My bad. <laughs> no, no, you made a good metaphor, and I stepped on it. Yes, my, you my, did. my bad. <laughs> but, but yeah, like he he was one of those who stood up and was like, no, 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 I want to own my music. Like no. No, I want to be in control of my, like, I don't want other people just taking my music and re-recording. I'm like, no, 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 this is mine. And there were only a handful of people who had enough, I, I kind of want to use the word swag right now, um, who yeah, had enough yeah, juice, clout. Yeah, who were going to, um, during that time, be like, hey, I want, because there were only so many, because there were only so many record producers who were willing to do that for any artist, let alone a black artist. So... You can't record that here, boy. You gotta go down to the Negro, uh, the Negro uh, uh, label, and let them do the little thing that, that, that you do. Like yeah. What, so. is, what is in gospel? Nah, soul. So you're in gospel, right? Okay. Cool. Mm. Same difference. <laughs> Man, you know, these cats just didn't know. And the whole thing is, he came from that world, and he expanded beyond. And it was almost religion that kept him back. Because everyone's like, well, you know, you can't be singing about these sinful songs, boy. You gotta. And it's like, mm. how did he follow that advice? It's like, hey, hey, hey. He we never would have had sing. the the worldwide effect. It's either you sing God's music or the devil's music to make a decision. Why they gotta make a decision, man? I mean, you know, sometimes because black folks always gotta make a decision man. between the two. I, I, I don't care what they say. Okay, I'm still listening to some of my Hoka records all day. All right, got my got my squeeze box and everything. Called uh. concertina. Uh, uh, no, uh, Sam Cooke. Uh, was one of the first few, was one of the first black owners of his own record label. Mm. He was one of the first people to make that transition from artist to uh, to prominent, uh, very public activist, and still like have a successful career afterwards. You know, yeah. and it mentioned how he was rubbing elbows with uh, Malcolm X. You know, um, uh, um, uh, Muhammad Ali was his boy. One of the one of my favorite scenes in the documentary is when uh, Ali just won the uh, just won the um, uh, the uh, the fights again. Not not the um, not the Joe Frazier fight, but um, Damn it, I want to say like Leon Spinks, but don't quote me on that. But he, he just won uh, the uh, the championship, and then he call he pulls up. He's like, lift that man up. That man right there is one of the is one of the greatest uh, entertainers uh, in the world. That's my, my friend Sam Cooke, and he pulls him up, and he's obviously there. And it, it made it, it told a positive message about um, fighting toxic masculinity in the black community. Mm. Like my whole life's like, nah, man, you can't be, you can't, you can't be too close friends with these dudes, man. That's some gay stuff, you know. You better, you would be all, be all off there. It's like, like, yeah, yo, it's like I always thought, you know, yeah, you dudes just can't be friends, and that's a toxic thing yeah. that's permeated ages back in the '60s. Yeah, this, these a, cats were fucking that trend, you know. And and it's not just like any any random cat. This is Muhammad Ali. Who's gonna walk up to his face, call him a sissy? Lost dad, you know. J uh, J Jim Brown slayed himself from I'm gonna get you sucker. Okay, you see an original gangster? My man had the. Oh my god, that, that was so funny. Kufi, you know? <laughs> but what I'm getting at is one of the baddest dudes ever. One of the most oh, yeah. hardcore dudes ever. Okay. And this was Sam's boy. You Sam brought all this to light. Jim Brown won. People went to talk to um, Richard Pryor after set himself on fire at the time. <laughs> what, 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 what did he say? You can't just throw that out there. Well, was it after the freebasing incident or is it before? I, he well, was, was what, so many. He, of them. he came to one of. Um, essentially, he came to one of his. Um, what do they call it when? What, what, what? When you confront a drug addict. Oh, uh, intervention. There you go. <laughs> he went to one of his inner. I think one of because you know. Yeah, yeah, no, I know. Well, surprisingly, was surprisingly a figure absent from this. Um, but uh, I, I learned so much about Sam Cooke that was more than the music, and I'm upset that I never got to know, uh, like I never got to know his influence. 
you know, when it was still, when it was a little more, like, you know, relevant. Yeah. You know, when I was still coming up and learning I about mean, all these black and that should, No, I'm not saying it's not. I'm saying when I was a little more, like, you know, oh. uh, fresh-faced. When and, you, you know, first heard his music, you wish you knew more about who he was. Yeah, I'm over there gigging, you know, yeah, it's like, you know, yeah, it's a song about black oppression. I'm just there, oh, it's a jam. I mean, to be fair, yes. There, but there are a lot of artists like him, mm. like either who had lives that were cut short or they truly were talented and had something to say. And a lot of times we don't know anything about them. And yeah, no, it, and it's good. Like they mentioned Mia Simone and thing, and I was like, mm. man, I hope they do this for her too. <laughs> Dion Warwick was a surprise to see. You know, because I did I didn't realize that he had he had well so much influence no, uh, so much uh, influence in uh, people who would be become so big. You know, so Dion Warwick is a name I've known for years, uh, and I didn't know uh, that Sam Cooke was one of the main reasons why she was able to get into places that uh, the performers weren't getting into. That she was able to have such a uh, an expansive career that she wasn't that she would yeah. may not have. I'm not well, sure. May not have. I mean, she because still, he fought for her and he, re he represented. She still had like her connections, like her, like her family was like she came from a family of singers. Well, who didn't? I come from a family of singers. I mean, because you come she, from singers. Y'all can't see it, but our producer Mike comes from a family she of singers. Isn't she Whitney Houston's cousin? She is. She's somebody's cousin. Damn. Well, okay. Well, I want to say it's Whitney Houston. Well, I hope she's taking it's showers then. Um, what I want to well, get, what I want to get out before we run out of time on Sam Cooke, yeah, I was wrong, I should have said that. <laughs> um, what I want to get out before we uh, run out of time on Sam Cooke is, um, the way he went out, and when they talk about the two killings, they talk about, like, the, um, the way his career rose to prominence and then became a little too affluent, mm -hmm. a little too influential, yeah. so that had to be snuffed out, and then his actual life itself, like, the career rose to a certain point and then he's hit. His money's hit, and then family tragedy hits all at once. Kind of kills the man himself. And then he starts living that life that you expect. And then the most unexpected force actually kills that final thing. Actually kills his form. I didn't expect, oh, mafia influence. Where the hell did that come from? He's, he's, not, he's, not, he's, not, he's not taking on, like, Frank Sinatra's, you know, uh, he's, not, he's not pulling any of that joy, you know. He's, he's, he's not, he's not uh, you know, coming up on Sammy Davis like, look, man, you know, your hair's a little too, little too slick back. You know, you got to wear it kinky. And the mob's like, and they set him up, and I didn't, I, I, I didn't, I didn't expect that at all. I mean, that's not really the way. In that, in that particular day and age, that wasn't exactly a thing that didn't happen. A whole bunch. I know, I've seen all those movies too, but I'm just like, no, where, where does that dip into? Like, like, there's something about seeing excellence snuffed out before it reaches like its zenith of potential. You know, like. There's something about seeing somebody who is so excellent that somebody says they're dangerous. Well, the story of the way he went out was extra trash because, like, black folks that had a major hand in it. That's one thing that really affected me. And then when they talk about how uh, one of his greatest recordings, uh, the one from uh, the one from the square that you weren't able to hear for like another ten plus years after his death, like, that, they 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 made it. A conspiracy where it didn't need to be, yeah. you know, and that's one thing that it's like it's like when you when you when you're not expecting to be hit with that bit of news, that's the thing that got me. Yeah. I highly recommend this documentary. No, I agree, it's very good. Both um, so horror noir and the two killings of Sam Cooke. Boom, boom. Learn, learn about your history. Yeah, I do have a beef with it. We've been giving mostly positive reviews here, but I do have I do have one beef with it, and that's and that's that. Um, they mention like all this stuff happened and they have pictures and they have accounts, but they never delve too deeply into it. I don't know if there was just so much to tell or if they just like, you know, it within, within the time allotted or if they just wanted to make sure they got every tidbit out and didn't worry about like delving deep in. Because they mentioned he influenced so-and-so. Okay, cool. How? Did he, were there meetings? Were there, you know, collaborations with songs? They have so many pictures with him and Malcolm X just like in the same room, you know, going back and forth. I'm like, that's a okay. deep conversation. What was discussed there? What, you know, what, 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 what's your cool. And, and like, we don't have. That could be a documentary all of itself, I know, but I wanted a taste, you know. Like, like you could legit, my conversations with Malcolm, like, that could be a legit, um, documentary all by itself. Yeah, but I want it, you know. That's my main, that's my beef with it, and I think there are worse things you, to complain you about. You tell those documentarians that they need to get on that. I will, I will. I know you're listening. Yes, you're listening now, right now, to okay, our, our critique on Make me pick up my belt now, you know. <laughs> Thank you. I'll tell them Shane to say. <laughs> All right, and uh, and finally, dude, um, Paige the wrestler. 
is one of the uh, biggest figures, biggest female figures in WWE history now. And she has been immortalized in fighting with my family. I love that there's like a WWE life movie now. Well, why do you say it like that? There have been well, several no. with like some really no, no, interesting no, no, no. stories. When did we do a story about a WWE wrestler, like, about their life story? Like, when was there a docudrama uh, about any of Okay, docudrama. Yeah. You saved yourself for that one word. <laughs> I'm about to drop like five I'm or six I'm not talking about, like, Hulk Hogan's movies that are... No, no, I'm talking about I'm talking about the inspiring story of Mick Foley, one dude who was just a wrestling fan who made an entire career and inspired generations. I'm talking oh Dwayne the Rock Johnson himself. His story from starting off as okay, an athlete who wanted to be a Did somebody make a movie about his uh, life? Uh, football player. Um, no one made a, a movie okay, about his life, but if you want to talk movies about their life, okay, The Rise and Fall of John Cena, no, not Rise and Fall, but The Rise of John Cena, uh, the story of The Miz, the dude who's currently, like, now, was just the guy who started off, Okay, um, I'm as, talking about a Hollywood production series. Oh, well, okay, see, now you're just throwing out random, because I, I, I got you, and you're just backpedaling. Who <laughs> so these okay, documentaries? Okay. Uh, yeah. Okay. Well, I'm not talking about a documentary. I mean, like, a docudrama, uh, like, a, a movie made about them, not a movie made about that, you know? <laughs> <laughs> no, believe it or not, I do know what you're saying. I do know what you're talking about. And this is the first production from Dwayne Dwayne Johnson with him oh. as producer, written by Stephen Merchant. The the, 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 it, it, it's oh, a, Stephen Merchant? Yeah. Oh, okay. It's a fictional story that's based off, of the, that's, that's painted like a docudrama because it's a, um, it's, um, it's, the whole thing is just like a story for entertainment, hmm. you know? But it's based I mean, off of a, it's based off of a 2000, it's based off a 2012 documentary. Wrestling is pre-scripted, but not fake. Well, no. It's, it's, like, it's like, you know who's going to win. There's serious athleticism involved there. You Absolutely. couldn't do some of the things they do without seriously hurting themselves if they didn't yeah. have some athleticism involved. One thing that was really cool, what? this movie shows how, like, that was her upbringing. She was brought up by, by parents who had been wrestlers. Oh. They had been wrestlers, and they had been just generous their whole lives. It was cool. And I'm not saying that in negative terms. Let me walk through this door again. I'm getting hit in the back of the head. So many people out to get me tonight. But um but no they show like her family, her, her, her mother and father and her brother, they were all they were a wrestling family. And they grew up travel uh, like as traveling wrestlers and she learned the fundamentals and how to actually show that athleticism and fight without like you know, drastically injuring the other people, you know? I'm, I'm, Shayna, we're wrestling. I'm trying to hurt you, but not damage you. You know what I'm saying? So I know how to safely hit you, throw you to the ground and stuff. I know how you can safely reverse that, you know, grab my ankle and not break it, but still put me in submission. Stuff like that, important stuff. You know the cues of, okay, this is... There you go. But it's like, they, they went into that too, and I, I didn't expect them to. I didn't get them, expect them to get into any of the technical aspects, because you think... A docudrama. You think a story about a sports figure is just gonna be? Well, we're gonna show uh, them. They struggled. They didn't make it. Then they did. Then they rose to prominence. Yeah. Credits. You know? Yeah, and, you know, I some, get some, it. Or, or something like Rudy. You know? It's like, oh, no one thought she could be a wrestler, and she was a wrestler and stuff. And so the way they the formula. Yeah, it had a lot more care. Now I, I do acknowledge that this isn't necessarily for me because I'm a wrestling fan. And I promise you, this has been doing really, really well in the theaters, and it's gotten a lot of good reviews. Yeah. It looks fun. It's, and, it and is fun. I like, people, like, always get on me and think I'm, like, snobbish about movies, which I'm not. I just like movies to be entertaining. You don't have to be good. You have to be entertaining. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and it looked entertaining. It looked fun. Definitely. And I, I think that was a big thing for me last year with movies. Like, I saw a lot of movies that were fun, and I enjoyed them. They were fine. <laughs> well, I wouldn't you? I mean, if I'm going to pay my money, it's like, I'm going to sit there and see a movie. Look, let me tell you why you suck. Like, heck, you in movies, the audience. Even third movies that people center. hated last year, I saw and really laughed my behind off. Mm -hmm. Maybe when I shouldn't have been. Like, it's summer. You yeah. left the summer. What's going on? Mm, like, um, everybody, uh, well, at least like half the audience hated Last Jedi. I laughed my behind off mm -hmm. the whole time. I enjoyed it because it was funny to me. Like no, the hey, hey, Princess Leia flying through space thing, I thought was the best thing oh, I had ever that seen. Was, that was dumb. Ever. No, I, I have beef with was, that for different reasons though. There are a lot of Star Wars dumb. fans that are like, well, you know, there's wrong stuff you do with the I war. laughed I'm just so like, no, hard. Stupid mechanic. I laughed so hard though. Because so that will never be a bad memory for me. Like I will always enjoy that scene because I, as soon as I saw it, I'm sitting there watching it with my husband and we. 
died with laughter when she started okay, flying through the air like Superman. <laughs> uh, but you know where that comes from? That comes from folks who aren't attached to the material or the content and they're just writing stuff. Well, no, I'm not talking about you. Yeah. I'm talking about the uh, the ones who write this stuff because they're not attached to it. They don't have any personal involvement. They may So they're, they're just putting stuff in. I'm, I, can't, I'm really I can't take it too seriously. I remember the um, Ewoks. Nah, we, we ain't talking about it. Yo, okay, first, the story behind the Ewoks is a cash grab, and that's awful. Awesome. You know what? They're Wookiee spelt backwards. What I'm, what I'm getting at is uh, Dwayne Johnson being the producer on this means it was made by somebody who understood the ins and outs, not just this as a concept, but, yeah, what you go through when you're involved in this world, and a lot of that came through in the story. I like that. And I will acknowledge it's not a perfect movie because it does kind of feel like um, it just kind of, kind of, kind of feel like John Hughes writing a uh, a, uh, a wrestling document. I'm, I'm serious. Hey, I'm not even trying to. Aren't John Hughes movies heartwarming? Well, it's the whole thing well, is there's a part where well, she's except for, for St. Elmo's Fire, that movie is a dumpster fire. Yes, it is. <laughs> there's a part where she's like vying for acceptance and she's doing all the stereotypical stuff that wouldn't that he, I, I, could, I could I could I could easily work into like the script of Mean Girls, you know? Oh, so and it's, it got a little formulaic. It got a little bit, and especially yeah. towards the end, like I was loving every aspect hard. of it. Her family. It's was, hard to veer away from formulas in movie making. It, it is, really, but this really is, is. But this is about like Stephen Merchant, you know, someone who's proven that yeah, they can create good stuff, and, and by Wayne and, Johnson, and he's who knows? Done some weird things too, so I would expect. That he would be a little more less conventional, but I get it. Everybody, everybody Your gotta get a paycheck. Your sin there was hope. I know. Everybody gotta get a paycheck, and I'm sure he writes a whole bunch of comedic pieces here, there, and everywhere. Yeah, but so. you know what? But you know what? This was a, this was this ended up being a good one because it's a feel-good movie. It's one that you start off just like, okay, I'm kind of gonna see what's going on here. Maybe I didn't watch the documentary. Maybe I did. Maybe I know about paid. Maybe I just know it from the ring. You know, and the thing is, if you watch the documentary, that's the serious take, and this is the more entertaining take. Nick Frost is in this bad boy. I love Nick Frost. Nick Frost. That was the first thing I saw on the um, trail. I was like, oh shit, is Nick, yeah, is Nick Frost? Me. I love Nick Frost. Nick Frost is the man. Y'all might remember him as, um, as uh, well, as Nick. Like everything. Uh, Shot from Shaun of the Dead. Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz, World's End. World Ooh, Attack the Block. Yeah. Dude, it's just, it's good, you know? He's good in this role. You cannot go wrong in a movie when you add Nick Frost. Dude, one thing I really love about this movie is they play him as just this impossibly hardcore dude who's now who's now playing the fun dad. So he's got stories of, ah, oh, you know, little kids there, you know? It's like, oh, how, how did you and your wife meet? Oh, it was a wonderful story. You know, wrestling really brought us together. Some folks have religion. Wrestling's the thing that brought it. You know, she was on the verge of suicide. Side, and I was just getting out of jail for the eighth time. And then we met uh, one night when she had a knife in her hand, and you know she was attacking me for, for drug money. And I was like, you can't do this. I'm gonna take you down. I'm gonna hurt you, but I'm trying not to hurt you. you know? And the thing is, we kind of fell in love when I had her in a headlock. And I'm just like, damn, you are playing this way. Mother played by Lena Headley, by the way. Lena Headley, who I love as I do well. I love her too. And she also played it very well. It's like, yeah, you know, I just got, I just, you know, uh, broken away from my third pimp, and I was thinking I'd finally end it all. And then I've met this one man who I figured he looks like he has some money. I'm going to take. And then when he got me in that toehold, it, it was it was like love first. And I was like, damn, okay, y'all are really playing it over the top. And then well, clearly as we were an, meant to each other. But as an end credits, uh, 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 you know, the nice things they do over the uh, over the uh, like stinger, whatever you want to call it, mm -hmm. um, they actually have uh, uh, interviews with the real sure. parents, oh, and they're like ten you. times, ten times more hardcore than they were portrayed. I'm like, y'all, that, that was y'all wanting it down. What? Oh. And it was awesome. They're proper hooligans. I love when people are more, are more, like, yeah. in real life than they are in however they're depicted. I just love when they're just a little more extra. Oh, so do I. So do I. Like, um, they couldn't even capture all their extraness in a film. Yeah, it was well done. And it's a sympathetic story. It portrays a little more um, prestige and emotion than you'd expect from stories about a sports star. And I hate saying the word sports now. I feel like it's, it's taken on a negative connotation because... So many folks have used that the, the term itself to troll it. You know, it, it, feel, it feels like calling something like Star Wars, you know, that nerd stuff, you know? It's like, it's like I mean, no. It's, it's like, sports entertainment. It is, and I'm not trying to belittle it. What I'm getting at is this to, movie goes beyond like, that. I used to watch stuff not... like that all the time. Like, there used to be this, like, show, and it was some um, martial arts, but it was like, it was like wrestling. WMAC Match. Yes. Yes. I love that That's show. What talking about. I wish that still came on. All right, we, we, we we're starting to run over time, so let me just say the movie is Fighting With My Family. Stop. Yeah, my, my, bleh, fighting With My Family.
produced the first production by Dwayne The Rock Johnson for WWE Films, and I was actually really impressed with the acting in this. Um, the, the story was presented in a way that actually makes you feel. You know, you want to know more about her story, and if you're not a fan, you're just like, you know what, this could be worse. If you are a fan, you're like, I wanted to know everything that goes down here, and it's interesting to know about her family and who almost made it, who didn't make it, and Vince Vaughn doing a... Um, Doing a bit more than just that goofy comedy role. So I, I don't really, I, I really hate him in dramatic stuff. I didn't hate him in this. I mean, he's so, so I'm terrible. I gotta, I gotta give he's it a thumbs weird. up. I, I'm giving this a thumbs up. And yeah, no, he's not terrible, but he's. Yeah, wrong. no, he's he's made a lot of for money roles. Well, well, he's money now. Well, you got plenty of it. Right. Well, this has the Geek Down here on Disrupt Boss. And I want to thank you all for joining us for another action-packed, fun-filled show. We got a little real tonight. Hope it wasn't too much for you. But highly recommend you check out Horror Noir on Shudder. Highly recommend you check out um, the, the two killings yeah, of Sam Cooke on Netflix. And if you're a wrestling fan, I think you'll have a good time with fighting with my family. If not, maybe it's one you just want to let go. Hey, maybe I, you don't need to be a wrestling fan. Maybe you just like fun movies. Maybe you just like fun movies. Yes, you get punched in the face. Yeah, fun movie movement. Yeah, right, Shayla, thank you so much for coming <laughs> Hi, out. No Always problem. a pleasure. Hopefully, we'll get you back sometime soon. Home. Oh, oh, stop it. You stop it. That's been the Geek Down here on Disrupt Boss. I want to thank you all for watching another awesome episode. We'll throw up the slate right there, but you'll find us on Facebook, on Twitter, uh, we're on iTunes, on SoundCloud. Uh, like and subscribe, all that good stuff. You can't get rid of us. And if you just want to go and check out what we actually do on the reg, hit us up at geek-down.com. Until next week, same bat time, same bat, bat channel. channel. Be excellent to each other.